0: Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop, brought to you by LearningPhotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Well, hello and welcome to episode 14 of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. On this episode, I have a very interesting chat with Adobe Stock Contributor Evangelist, Matt Hayward. I had a really good time talking with Matt Hayward about the world of stock and particularly Adobe Stock. And before we get to that interview, here is Matt's bio. Adobe Stock contributor evangelist Matt Hayward is a successful photographer specializing in entertainment and celebrity events based in Seattle, Washington. While shooting red carpets, film festivals, award shows, network television recordings, live music and more, Matt maintains a steady stream of passive income, shooting commercial stock content. Follow Matt on Instagram to view his work, Matt Hayward Photo, that's with one T, M-A-T, Hayward Photo, and his website, MattHaywardPhoto.com. Here's that interview with Matt. Okay, we're here with Matt Hayward, who very graciously agreed to sit down and talk about the world of stock photography, and specifically Adobe stock. And just before we get started in that topic, Matt, maybe you can give us the sort of capsulized version of how you got to where you are today, your background as a photographer and what you do with Adobe.
1: It was not a straight line to where I'm at, I'll <laughs> tell you that. Thank you, by the way, for having me here. Sure. I'm really excited about this talk, and uh, I, oh boy, I was a restaurant manager for most of my life, over 20 years managing restaurants which is just a grueling Mm -hmm. job very difficult to have an outside life but I've always been passionate about photography and so you know whenever I had an opportunity I had my camera in hand and was capturing pictures whether it be my wife and kids or you know whatever it is I'm shooting I guess 20 years ago I didn't have kids so it wouldn't have been (laughs) them but uh, I uh was passionate about photography and then i just read an article in i think popular photography magazine or something that uh, said hey you can make a few bucks with your pictures if you want and check out photolia.com and I learned later, this was like a little paid advertisement, just a one paragraph deal. And I thought, well, I'll check this out. And so I submitted a couple of images, I signed up, submitted some images, and they were uh, flat out refused. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, that's just rude. And so (laughs) I tried again, and they got approved. And I'm like, oh, okay, now this is cool. And then I got a sale. And I thought, well, this is really cool. It felt very validating for me, like, somebody wants to use my picture for Mm -hmm. something, you know, and of course, I was desperate to know what it was going to be used for. But um, I, I couldn't but then that, then that was all it took. I, it was in my blood and so I was constantly looking for stock opportunities and I keep the files that were approved back then. I guess that was 13, 14 years ago and uh, I keep those first files. In my account, it's very humbling. So people, if they're going into my portfolio and looking, like they're fully welcome to judge because it's uh, <laughs> like I, it's like I just discovered Gaussian blur or I like spot color. Like, oh wow, this Photoshop stuff is magic. Oh, and so anything I could do, I did do. And so since then, I've evolved. I left the restaurant business. Just to go um, head first into photography, I have a photography business that's based around entertainment and events. I shoot a lot of live music in Seattle, any kind of movie premieres, I do the red carpets and um, shoot any time I filmed or photographed American Ninja Warrior filmed in Tacoma a couple weeks ago and so I shot for them, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I found that I was really, my heart was more into photography than it was into the restaurant business. And so I just finally, you know, took a leap of faith. My wife and I discussed it and I wasn't making enough money as a photographer at Mm -hmm. the time to really like pay all the bills, but I, I couldn't do both anymore. And so we left and the very next day, a job opening came available at Fotolia and they were you know, very supportive of me being a full-time photographer and then providing customer service and whatnot, I thought, well, this is perfect, right? It's just serendipity, and so, took that job, well, and then fast forward, gosh, a couple years later, We get an email from the owner saying, hey, great news, I just sold Fatolia to Adobe. (laughs) We're like, oh, that is great news for you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) where does that leave us, you know? And uh, so we thought, um, you know, we thought we were just gonna have our information sucked out of our brains, and (laughs) then we were gonna be kicked to the curb, but we couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, they were super welcoming, and I had a conversation with the vice president of Adobe at the time, David Wadwani, and he recognized how critically important contributors are to Adobe stock, not just as contributors of content, but as people that use Adobe products. And so sure. a position was created for me, to instead of being in customer service, uh, to be in contributor relations, just to work with photographers, right. whether it be troubleshooting or just answering questions, why was my image rejected or any, any number of things. And so then my role has really evolved since then to what it is today. My title's changed a few times, but at the end of the day, I, I work with contributors, mm-hmm. photographers, videographers, vector artists, and, you know, cool. whatever I can do to, to help contributors succeed.
0: Nice. So I'm going to share one of the most embarrassing stories of my career back when we had the uh, Photoshop TV as a mm-hmm. recurring thing and this brand new company, Photolia, Photolia was the one of the sponsors but oh. none of us had ever heard it said out loud <laughs> and I said welcome to our new sponsor Photolia." yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it, and we just went with it because it was like sure. recorded and we went and then I got all these comments I'm like oh yeah like portfolio oh I get it but that's
1: funny so you're responsible for that <laughs> because that was, that. <laughs> there was, that was, I can tell you right now that you are not alone in that it was well that makes you a- better but I
0: was just like I did it as a broadcast for many people to yeah, I feel here, like so. you
1: influenced the world, and because we heard Fotolia a lot more than Fotolia. Yeah, that's funny. I think part, and
0: to, in my, my defense, I think the original logo, it seemed to me that the photo and leah were kind of different boldness or something yeah, they, so i yeah, kind of logo, felt sure like that. Right. that that was my that was yeah, my excuse it's I'm your sticking story it, and you're but. sticking to it yeah that's <laughs> it's reasonable i get that for sure so so your main role then is to help people who are either considering or already a contributor to right. have better success to, to get the right kind of images
1: that's, that's exactly right. Any, anything I can do to help. And I, try, and I do a lot of the photography shows around the country and give talks. And we usually have a booth where I can answer questions mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, what's important to me is that I am a contributor also. And so I do get the pain points that are involved. And mm-hmm. so I have a voice that I can communicate with the team of engineers and the project manager about the Adobe Stock Contributor Portal. And, you know, really work to make it a better, more seamless product because we're always trying to grow and make it just the the best experience out there for contributors. We want it to be, it's not, you know, I don't like using the word easy because being a stock contributor is not easy. But we want to take away any unnecessary obstacles. So Adobe Sensei recommends up to 25 keywords for you automatically. That's one thing. But I always tell people, like you know, it's so important with the keywords. Make sure that you're looking at them and removing. It's it's Mm -hmm. an AI, right? It's really good and it's getting better. But it's not perfect. And the keywords are so important. Like remove the ones that are irrelevant. Move the more important ones to the top and Mm -hmm. add anything that's missing. So stuff like that. It's just. um, what I'm trying to communicate to people. There's a lot of people that are, you know, very familiar with the Adobe brand, but have never submitted to a stock agency, and it's a different mindset, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's always funny coming from an Adobe employee to say less is more with post-processing, but that's Mm -hmm. one of of the things. Just submit the clean, color, sharp version of your image, and let the end user put any funky filters or whatever they want on that to to match their project. Exactly, so. And I I
0: gotta say that the auto recommending of the keywords to me the first time i tried you know just to see what the process was like because i remember many moons ago submitting probably to photolia <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and sitting there staring at the keyword thing where like enter keywords with commas yeah. in between i'm like i don't what yeah. would people search for for this and, yeah you know so then when i tried it and, and the first one came up and i was just like it auto populated and i was like okay out of the whatever the number was you know, there was maybe one that I thought, OK, that, that one is a little weird to me. Sure. But the majority, I was just like, yeah, it was like because I was thinking it was a photo in Barbados with a flower and a kind of out of focus building in a sky. And yeah. it was like floral, flowers, yeah. sky. I mean, I was just like,
1: wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I probably wouldn't know you're in Barbados, right. but it knows what's in the image. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it trips me out. And there's auto title now, too, which is cool. Auto category. And so. The category is the one I just kind of leave alone. I just I've always just let Sensei do that. The title is usually pretty accurate, and so I, I check that out. And the title's not as important as the keywords right now because that's not searchable. But mm. so that's a time saver. Yeah, some of those keywords are a trip. Although sometimes it can be a little bit offensive because I if I <laughs> post a picture of myself, it calls me an old man, senior <laughs> citizen, mature. I'm like, hey, come on, now. not all bald people are old, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Are you hear right. me? <laughs>
0: So, for, for people that are considering the world of becoming a stock contributor, keywording is obviously a major aspect. What are the kind of suggestions you'd have for someone who is, okay, I'm ready to try it, I've got some images that I think are ready to go, and they You know they do the submission through because you can submit directly through Lightroom and Bridge, right? Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. So it comes up with a list. How how does someone was first starting out kind of get a sense as to determining like the order of keywords in terms of importance?
1: Well, you want to be literal with what is in the image, and you touched on it. I I wanted to say like you had a head start. It sounds like when you were checking out (laughs) Photolia, (laughs) Photolia, that you were like, what would a customer Lo- what words would a customer use to buy this? And that's that's a leg up on a lot of people that are starting out. Because sometimes they're, they're a little bit too literal or they're saying, you know, Canon 1DX Mark Two, and that's right. the camera that captured the image, but yeah. it's not a picture of the camera sure. and you, just, you couldn't do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think like, if, if I was a customer what would I use this image for, and what words would I use to search for it? And that's that's a pretty big head start, right? And so, really, the, the the easy way to go is to start with Adobe Sensei. That's you know that's a great advantage for new contributors. And then you know what is in the image, and just put that in your head. What would I use to search for? And that's mm-hmm. going to be your most important, most relevant picture. If, if you're if you're submitting a a picture of a uh, you know, kid playing basketball and basketball is probably going to be your first mm-hmm. keyword. That's right. That's what's happening. that's what the customer would be looking for. And then you can do research. I mean, there are sites out there that really help you with keywording And, you know, you can type in just one word and then it populates, you know, hundreds of other synonyms and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then you can just go into Adobe Stock, the site, search for similar content, and you can see the keywords that were used to generate those images. That's what I was going to say, too, because when
0: I decided, so I was going to record a video tutorial to show... Hey, here's how you can submit directly out of Bridge and Lightroom. But I wanted to be prepared, so I had a couple of images in mind, and I went into right into the, you know in Photoshop where I can search Adobe Stock, and I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, I happen to have a photograph that was a really cool sky." So I just typed in "sky" and yeah. then open in the library. You can see them, but then I went to the actual page right. where you can see more information. I said, "Oh, that's it. I wouldn't have thought of yeah. using that term or something." So sure. that was quite useful.
1: Yeah, because there's two. Really two sites for all intents and purposes. Stock.adobe.com is the customer-facing site where you you know, you know see the millions of images that are out there, mm-hmm. and so you can really have that customer experience. And then Contributors, we have the portal. It's contributor.stock.adobe.com, and that's where you go, and that's where you see your world, your content and whatnot. And so it's two different experiences, and I'm always going back and forth mm-hmm. because I like to see what's out there. And now what's cool in the contributor portal is uh, on the insights tab, we show the top 10 contributors from the week prior. And so you can get real intel on what's actually selling to Mm. give you a little bit of inspiration on what's selling. But to go back to what you were talking about with Lightroom and Bridge and keywording, if you add your keywords in Lightroom or Bridge, and you upload those files, then the contributor portal is going to automatically apply those keywords to the image. And so then Adobe Sensei is deactivated. And you can repopulate those keywords if you want to, but if you don't want to use Sensei, you don't have to. And and so I use Adobe Bridge actually to Mm -hmm. add keywords more often than not, because in regards to keywording specifically, Adobe Stock puts an emphasis on the order that you add them, and so the most relevant, mm-hmm. most important keyword needs to be first. Okay. I guess I mentioned that before, yeah. and mm-hmm. I am sorry yeah, no we're done here. But um, Lightroom, the, my point to that is that Lightroom alphabetizes the keywords, oh, and so if you submit, if you add your keywords in Lightroom and upload, you have to make sure to re-sort and put gotcha. unless you're taking pictures of apples or arbars <laughs> or ants or whatever. But um, <laughs> the uh, in bridge it keeps the order of the keywords the same so
0: cool so uh, speaking of that whole bridge process I, I I think I've told you this story before but when I was jumped in to do this tutorial I suddenly realized I was already recording and I hadn't really chosen an image based on its merit I just was kind of like oh I need to show the process of uploading so I frankly pretty randomly, Clicked on a photo I'd taken of like using a smoke machine on a black background. Okay, this is kind of cool. So I was like, "Well, let's just use this one as an example." So I clicked sure. on, went through the whole upload process, and kind of forgot about it. And then like three days later, of like, "You've made a sale!" Hey! <laughs> and it's it's funny because I still get those stock report. Yeah. emails and it's it's like my best selling image and it's Isn't one that, that I just funny? totally randomly went. Yeah, this is kind of neat.
1: Oh man, that's a story of my life. <laughs> I I cannot for the life me predict my my best selling images are often shots that I'm like, "Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and submit this because why not?" And then sometimes there's shots that I'm like, "Oh, this is gold. This is going to just <laughs> I'm going to Barbados with this image and and you know, nothing." And so nice. it's really it's <laughs> Unpredictable is the wrong word because as I look, there's a pattern and I see why, but sure. um, I, I, I've, I've uh, failed often to predict <laughs> which would be my best seller. So. Now, when you
0: look at, at the, shall we call them, the, the successful contributor, someone that's doing quite well, what I know be this is kind of a, a hard question probably to quantify, but how often do you see people that you can tell, okay, this was someone that set up a specific shoot with models and like yeah. makeup and everything else versus ones that look like they were perhaps more this is his kitchen table and he put some plates you know what i mean like yeah. the, like the real setup shoot versus someone shooting just what's available
1: well you know the the best stock photos that i see are the ones you can't tell like it yeah. looks like it this is just you know an authentic scene this is right. happening you know in a real coffee shop or something like that and it's a photo that's captured kind of fly on the wall ish but the really top-level contributors are able to stage those situations sure. and create those authentic experiences with optimal light and set you know mm-hmm. and and be there because it's you know you it's awkward to walk into a coffee shop and just start snapping pictures of people (laughs) and then ask them to sign a model release right and so the the overly staged overly lit heavy makeup and really obviously staged shots are not as desirable at this point in time like authenticity really is that buzzword that's been going around for quite a while that customers are looking for is the real people doing real things but that's not easy to to get with a high because you still need the quality to be there right you want that instagram feel but Mm -hmm. with the professional quality so the so the best people i see are the ones that are the hybrids that can do make it they're staging it it's it's intentional and planned but they're making it look organic and spontaneous that makes sense yeah for sure um now i i know there's many people and i'm probably
0: one of them honestly because i i use some stock in my in my work where i you know, I'm doing a, a I and frankly, my work is tutorial. So, you know, I'm I need to record a tutorial. I'm thinking, well, instead of me going out somewhere to take a photo of X, I'll see sure. if there's a stock photo I can use for that purpose. But in my head, there's still that thought. When I hear stock, I think of. Businessmen shaking sure, hands. Sure, yeah. You know, like you know, it, like how do you get away when you're trying to capture something? How do you kind of get out of that mindset of what most people think? Like American flag on blue sky. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the, the
1: happy woman eating a salad, or the mature couple giving the piggyback ride on right. the beach. I mean, we've all seen them, mm-hmm. you know. And there was a, in that—that's kind of what stock was. And how do you get out of that mindset? You just—you—you just—you need to be intentional about it. You need to really. You know, it's it's hard not to, to get those pictures when you have the models in front of you. Like you kind of you get really literal in your mm-hmm. messaging and whatnot. You just got to make sure you get the other stuff too. The the more subtle, like the models looking away and just laughing at right. something and or sure. whatever. You know, yeah, it's just it's a mindset and and because there are a lot of preconceived notions about mm-hmm. what stock was or is, sure. and so it's it's a lot more than that. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> the the demands from customers are are really increasing. They're using content so fast and so much, but they want, you know, good imagery to represent their brand. And so there's some really amazing content out there. Now, one thing that, that I often thought, and I get
0: your opinion as well, you think there's, there's some merit to this. I would go searching for, let's say, I don't know, football player. And I would find a pretty good photograph of a guy standing there in uniform holding the ball. But then I think, Gosh, I wish that photographer had had the guy now turn this way a bit and do like a series of like seven or eight for Mm -hmm. me to choose from versus, well, here's two. Is that something that people can do is sort of create almost like a series where it's the same setup, but just slightly different variations that people might want?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go too slight in the variations mm-hmm. though. You want you want to make sure that each image you submit has some unique value to any potential customer. And so, yeah, though, get change your angle up, shoot wide, shoot tight, leave copy space, but then maybe you get close up. And I don't know if you're talking about when you say football, are you talking about a soccer ball or <laughs> you know, either one, a football? <laughs> but you know, and then even zoom in on the ball, get rid of all the logos and stuff mm-hmm. like that for intellectual property. But yeah, give give options for sure, but don't just. I have a 1DX Mark II. It fires, I think, 14 frames a second or something mm-hmm. like that extremely fast. And so if I just pointed at you and went, <laughs> right. you know, that's <laughs> not, not be a lot of variation. <laughs> yeah, there's no that's one photo. <laughs> right. and, um, and so but yeah, you're right, though. A lot of customers are looking for those variations sure. and whatnot. So just don't be spammy, I guess, would be right. the advice. Make okay. sure that there's a unique value. Cool. All right. We're going to continue this chat right
0: after this. It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is a very useful shortcut when you're working with lots of layers and you wanna hide a bunch of layers all at the same time. Instead of doing them individually, you just select the layers and then under the layer menu, there is actually a command called hide layers. Now, depending on your version of Photoshop, it may already have a keyboard shortcut applied. For example, my version has the shortcut command or control comma. But if there isn't one, you can always go to Edit Keyboard Shortcuts and apply your own shortcut to hide those selected layers. And then you press the same shortcut to show them again. Become a member at LearningPhotoshop.cc and get instant unlimited access to hundreds of Photoshop videos, live Q&A sessions, discounts and more. Use the code PODCAST10 to try the first month for only $10. Okay, so the next question I have for you (laughs) at the uh, keynote here at Photoshop World, you did an interesting thing that was like kind of your five tips for contributors. Maybe you can give us kind of a a capsulized version of that, like just in a a kind of a quick hit kind of thing where someone who's looking at doing this or maybe has already started, what are the kind of things that they should uh, be thinking about
1: sure and we, we've touched on a few of the points one is that the, you know stock it can't be identified as any one thing it's not just the two white guys shaking hands in front of the <laughs> seamless white backdrop that it is more you right. know as we've as we've spoken to and then uh the other advice i give to people just let them know they don't need to spend a ton of money to create sellable content i showed a, a picture in my presentation not during the keynote but um of a pile of jelly beans that's, you know, it's earned me really significant money just on this one picture of jelly beans that I took just because the jelly beans were there. Like I had no, <laughs> that, that was my
0: investment in the shoot. Right? And that wasn't like in a studio setup or anything? It it, was, it, you know.
1: it's, it, it actually, I was doing a project for my daughter. She, um, in school, she needed to create a, a business and, and market it and whatnot, that was her her project. And so she wanted to do a candy store and so we bought all these jelly beans mm-hmm. and I did a portrait. Of her, like with jelly beans all around, and so then I had, I did have the lights out. Okay. And so I mean, yeah, it's a, it's an epic shot of jelly beans. I mean, it's truly the best jelly bean shot in the history of jelly bean photos. But I have uh, seen it. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, wow. <laughs> but uh, you know, it really cost me nothing. Like I just snapped a picture, and mm-hmm. it's and it's done well for me. And then, um, and again, just to go back to keywords, I just can't emphasize that enough. I think I mentioned maybe twice now that you need to put the most important keywords. First. Yep oh gosh what else I you know just you don't need to be a creative cloud member to be an Adobe stock contributor if you are a cloud member you can use that same Adobe ID and that's how you can upload through Lightroom and bridge as we're speaking to but otherwise you just go to that contributor.stock.adobe.com contributor portal if you don't have the Adobe ID you set it up for free with an email address and you're you're in good shape there and so we really are trying to make it mm-hmm. as um again i hate using the word easy but right. we want to make Same. it as easy as we can mm-hmm.
0: now the other part of it and you kind of touched on this briefly but i think we want to spend a bit more time talking about it is the whole area of processing or post-processing mm-hmm. and how does someone kind of get a sense as to let's take it this way if they if they weren't doing Stock contributing, if they were just, this is my photo, I want to make it look the best I can, they would probably potentially crop and change exposure and clarity and sharpening. At what point does that become kind of a flag that gets knocked out of the, uh, you know, from
1: uh, as a contributor, they're like, no, we don't accept this because it's over processed. I won't say I don't know that they won't accept it. You know, we have a really great moderation team. And so I guess I should start there. Like each image you submit goes to our moderation team and human eyes are looking at every image or every video that's submitted. And they're, first of all, looking to make sure there's no intellectual property violations. Mm -hmm. And then they're checking to make sure the technical requirements are met and that there's a basic aesthetic appeal or commercial value but they're probably not going to, unless it's really outrageous processing, they're probably not going to reject specific for the processing, but it's probably not going to sell very well because you're Mm -hmm. limiting your, your customer base quite a bit. And so for me, the criteria is if I look at an image and say, Oh wow, that's really cool post-processing. You know, I love that HDR effect or whatever. That's not really a stock photo at that Mm -hmm. point in time, right? That's your personal art, which is great and it's beautiful, but it's, you need to find a customer that wants that exact effect on that image. Whereas Maybe they just wanted the shot of the beach because they wanted it um, just to look like a, you know, a more candid standard image. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to make it black and white or whatever, you know, whatever the customer is going to do that. And so I just say, if you're looking at the image and the first thing you notice is the post-processing, that means you've gone too far. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I do, I mean, I shoot raw and I bump the vibrance up. I want it to pop, you Mm -hmm. know, I want my images to look good and I, I sharpen the file, but clarity slider maybe goes to like six or eight mm-hmm. you know what i yep. mean if you're going to like 28 and you're <laughs> probably going too far
0: yeah, or maybe your, the new texture slider a little bit to get yeah, a bit more detail in there but not like
1: not 100 all textures about or it yeah exactly <laughs> so it's just it's a it's a balancing act and it's going to be different for each image and each artist it's up to your discretion but i just my advice is just to keep it simple keep it clean the other
0: th- trend that I've noticed, which I think is, is fantastic, because back in the early days of stock, I my feeling was, at least, this was not very common, was I would often be looking for an image that had that white space for me to add text or something right. else, and often it didn't, so I had to add extra space. Yeah. But now there seems to be, when you search, you'll often find images that are clearly almost like designed for instagram yeah. quotes or something where yeah. where there's room left and i think that's an important point as a potential contributor is as you're planning out your photo to not only take it let's say again you're looking at a uh, thanksgiving dinner plate you know yes uh, maybe a close-up or a cool angle but also further away yeah. that leaves that extra space that people can use to to add something
1: sure well you got to keep in mind the customer can crop it if they want to but not everybody can be Dave Cross and add copy space, <laughs> right? I mean, you're a Photoshop expert, and so you could probably do it blindfolded. But for me, like that's a challenge. And so, uh, yeah, customers can, can crop it in. But we actually have on the customer facing site a copy space filter. And so there are so many customers out there. That are doing exactly what you mm-hmm. said. Maybe they're creating a meme or whatever, they're adding text for their advertisement or you know, whatever it is. And so they search through this filter for, you know, only show me images that have copy space. And Adobe Sensei recognizes that copy space and shows only those images. And sure. so if you're creating that type of content, then you're you're gonna be integrated into that filtered search, which gives you an even better chance of being seen.
0: Which I think, again, goes back to what you mentioned earlier, that, that if you're kind of researching what kind of image would sell well, take a look at the search page because you can search for landscape, you know, yep. uh, portrait, uh, square, You know, mm-hmm. all, all these different factors. And as you do that, that narrows down the results a little bit, but you still get a sense of, oh, that's a really interesting concept sure. that people are doing.
1: And I found that very useful to kind of just generate ideas. I mean, they're doing incredible stuff with search right now because that's really everything in a stock agency because oh, sure. you have to be found. I mean, we talked about keywords quite a bit. Did I mention that you I need think to you have did. the first <laughs> keywords, the most important? But, but you, if, if customer seasoning Image they type, let's say they type in golden retriever, and you know, and maybe my golden retriever dog doesn't show up in that search, which would just be terrible. But <laughs> they want to see more because they just haven't seen him. They can drag, they see an image that they kind of like the look and feel of it. They can drag the thumbnail up into the search bar, and then it shows a bunch of images that are comparable to give even more options, which is really cool. So the customer features are very advanced at this point in time in search. And then uh, there's a filter where they can search by image size. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I recommend contributors submit the maximum file size that their camera's capable of producing. Because Mm -hmm. if you're submitting a file with 3,000 pixels on the long side, and a customer's only wanting to see stuff that's 4,000 pixels on the long side, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whether they really need it that size or not, then you're, you're limiting yourself. Sure. You're not, you know, you're reducing that option. So just to kind of wrap things up, someone who thinks they want
0: to explore, you mentioned the website, but let's just say it again, where they start the process of becoming a contributor.
1: I thought you'd never ask, Dave. It's <laughs> contributor.stock.adobe.com. Just rolls right off the tongue. It does, awesome. <laughs> and if you are a Creative Cloud member, you can use
0: that sign-in, right? That's right, yep, you but can But if use you're it. not, you can you just create a login and... That's exactly right. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Hopefully that's uh, been very useful. I think there were lots of great ideas in there. And, and one of the things you said at the, the keynote, which I thought was great, and it's one of my favorite things, is that idea of waking up in the morning and seeing how much money you made while you slept.
1: (laughs) It's the best. It's like this income stream that's coming in all the time, whether I'm shooting stock or not. That email that tells me how much money I made the day before. And I'm always going into the contributor portal and looking at the activity statistics Mm -hmm. to see which images we're selling. And yeah, I love that. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Well, guys, uh, to find out more information,
0: just go check out that page and then you can start earning that passive income too with adobe stock thanks matt so much for joining me appreciate it ah it was fun thanks for having me all right cheers just to wrap up this episode a couple more thoughts about stock photography we didn't really talk about the potential income you can make cause of course that's going to vary completely with every photographer i know just from the few images that i've put up there as examples i'm earning on average at least two or three dollars a day, something like that, which is pretty decent considering I really haven't put a great deal of effort into it. And honestly, every time I talk to someone like Matt about stock, I'm thinking Man, I should put a bit more effort in here because I think if I did, that number would go up. So the other thing that occurs to me is when we're out shooting other things for other purposes, whether you're just taking landscape photos or whatever it might be, is to put that stock photographer's hat on for a moment and think about things that people might look for. So as you're driving through that small town, you look at the interesting old dilapidated brick wall with the sign half missing or whatever it might be, something that you think, that's kind of an interesting shot that I wouldn't take normally as a photo for myself, but that might be something that someone might be looking for. And I know personally, I'm always thinking about what an image would look like as a Photoshop layer. So for example, could that be a texture to overlay on top of something? Or could that be a cool background that I could put text on top of? And by thinking that way, I'm also increasing my possibilities of the type of images that I could take for stock. So on again, thank Matt for joining me. I thought that was a very interesting discussion of the world of stock photography. Thanks for joining me as always. and would remind you that if you have people you know that use Photoshop, I'd love it if you could share this with them and also leave a nice review on the Apple Podcast Store if you happen to frequent that area. I'm Dave Cross. We'll see you next time. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at Talkingshop.show.
1: This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.